everybody welcome uh to staring into the sun now two weeks in a row that we're seeing you in person <laughs> hey yeah. what's up here we are hey guys here we are yeah hopefully you're all you're also hearing us too if you're listening as well we're still doing that jam uh you can listen to us but now you can see both of our beautiful faces from staring into the sun um i am one half of the duo see the half of the screen uh this half is me john uh, one of the one part of the duo, and that I gotta go backwards. Yep. Like, I gotta, yeah, that guy yep. is. They'll get it. Yeah, I'm Rob <laughs> Gibson. I'm a psychologist uh, working out of Colorado, and uh, both of us have the keen interest in matters of the head and the heart. So you're here. Uh, you found us because you're interested in that too. Matters of faith and psychology, and how uh, how we can bring those together to better understand what it means to be a person in our world, and ultimately, hopefully, um, how to improve your life. And so that's what we're here for is to kind of see what collides there between head and heart Ooh. and uh, what we can find there. The so. beautiful collision of head and heart, man. Somebody that's really, right. really good looking. Intelligent that, I think. came up with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, we love the beautiful collision, man. So much good stuff happens there. So we're going to jump in. Yeah. Actually, we're kind of paving the well, way here, right, for a yep, summer well, series. Well, yeah. Before we jump into that, I uh, yeah. just want to remind you while you're here, uh, you know, subscribe on YouTube, uh, hit the notification bell, subscribe on your podcasts. Uh, if you like what you hear, uh, share it with other people. Uh, we're working on making them uh, fully available to you, the whole clips as well as uh, smaller clips that you can engage with and share on social media and um, share with other people. Ultimately, our hope is that you know we can share the good stuff that's from this with other people. Got lots of variety of listeners, uh, pastors, therapists, um, uh, you know, members of the church, um, you know, just kind of ordinary uh, friends and people that listen because they're interested in these issues. And wherever you are on that, we just would ask that you continue to join us and uh, also uh, share with us if you have topic ideas or interests of things you want us to engage with. Um, but ultimately, yeah, just appreciate you subscribing and sharing with other people, telling other people about what we're doing. So yeah, thanks for doing that. Hit it. Hit the subscribe button. We're doing All right. it. So on, yeah, on to yeah. our summer topic, we're, we're, well, it's kind of not summer yet, it's spring, but but we're going to launch into um, just some conversation about relationships in general. I mean, a lot of what, what we talk about is relational, uh, really, but we want to really focus in on how we can help you as a listener and as a viewer now to experience better relationships, whether that's in, in a marriage relationship, uh, an intimate relationship, whether it's in a friendship, a child-parent a relationship, a church community relationship, how, how we can talk about things that will help you experience relationships better in your own life. Um, so we want to kind of kind of talk up through the spectrum. And today we're just going to kind of riff around the idea of why relationships matter, why they're important, and how our spirituality and our mental health impact relationships, right? Um, mm -hmm. And kind of just unpack the reality of uh, why relationships are important before we begin into kind of this journey, this foray into uh, the relational realm uh, throughout the summer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah our, and our plan is to kind of dig into some conceptual ideas, bringing kind of both of our experience to bear, right? Uh, psychology and spirituality. And all, also to get into the practical um, about, you know, how do I make my 
relationships? How do I live in such a way that my relationships will be more meaningful, more engaged, more connected? I could deal with conflict better, you know, a variety of areas we want to enter into. So uh, we'll hope you join us throughout the summer, engaging in matters kind of of depth as well as practicality. So we'll we'll try to do both each time we talk. So, yeah. um, Yeah. I thought we'd begin maybe just from your perspective as a psychologist. I have had the situation in my life where um, I had I had a person that was involved with me and they they used to do things to incite me to anger. And I would throw like bikes over fences and I would get that we would, we would be in such conflict that they would run through the house and lock me out of room. So I would, I would go upstairs and the, the bathroom would be locked. So I've had a, that has impacted me deeply in my, in my relational journey. And I would wonder if you, could you help me just, just dig through all of the trauma that I experienced in my life from that room? That's interesting. You probably Rob was like, have you were all serious. Like, what is it? Emotional, emotional about? issues to unpack, you know, kind of like living with someone who, you know, would, you know, when you get a gift for Christmas, for example, of gummy bears, and then oh, yeah. they go through and steal them from you. Oh, yeah. Uh, or when you get $800 worth uh, of cologne and I get my yeah, gone fishing. <laughs> man, there's just all sorts of relationship issues. So you might have unspent rage. That yeah, might be an issue. you know, I don't know if I call it rage, but yeah, but isn't that funny? <laughs> Our relationships, though, and I, 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 I'm uh, in jest. I love my relationship with my brother. I loved it back when we were, were I was referring me, to my brother, to Rob. Yeah, yeah, we had some fun moments as I think we had a pretty good relationship growing up. Uh, at least I do. I don't know about you. <laughs> it's going to come out this summer, you know, right. just, just all the skeletons. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the, but okay. relationship is important and it impacts us in, to who we are, you know, today, right now, here in the present. And um, I don't know, I, I think from just a psychological perspective, why. yeah, I was yeah. curious, you go first. Why do, why do you think relationships are important? Why do they matter? Why do we need them? You know, what are they for kind of thing? Yeah, I want to jump into that. And I want to speak to one other thing first, which I think is sometimes we're put off by these conversations. I know I've experienced this in the church where there can be a feeling of being put off from these types of conversations because it kind of feels like all roads lead to the the intimate partner marriage relationship conversation. And it kind of feels like, you know, well, if I'm... You know, if I'm single or if I'm widowed um, or if I'm uh, if I'm not straight, you know, like, can I, you know, this conversation is for somebody else, you know. And so, uh, ah, uh, great. Another talk about relationships. I've heard that from people like, oh, great. Church is doing another eight week series on marriage. Awesome. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, I guess I'll check out for eight weeks because that's really painful for me uh, for some reason. And so I want to. Uh, give some clarity to, you know, why we're talking about this. And I think that's a really good place to start. Why talk about relationships? And I think I want to encourage you as a listener, we want to talk about relationships broadly uh, because they matter for everyone, uh, whether uh, whether you're in an intimate uh, relationship like a marriage or whether you're struggling with a relationship with your child or whether you're estranged from a friend and you're in pain and you don't know what to do or, you know, any number of things. And so uh, we we want to engage with all of that. So I would ask that you uh, kind of 
keep you know keep that in mind. Uh, don't don't tune us out. We're not just yes. heading towards. In other words, stick with us. marriage. It will be worth yes. it. Yes, <laughs> hang in there. Hang in there. Uh, so, man, this. So, to back to your question, why relationships? And I think uh, when I think about my work with people, people come to me because they're suffering. Usually, they're getting some sort of signal like I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling anxious. Um, I'm having traumatic responses. Uh, I'm addicted to alcohol or a substance. Uh, I pretty much always can know that there's some sort of issue that's wrapped up in relationship that's relevant to what's going on. And if we can unlock what's going on there, usually somebody's stuck in some way in how they're relating with other people or themselves. If we can get them unstuck and get them connected with a person, help them get what they need from their relationships, a lot of the things that are, you know, uh, that are presenting themselves that are problematic, often can can be improved by honing in on relationship. Um, it's kind of uh, kind of a core aspect of what I think it means to be a person. Um, from the very beginning, we enter the world in relationship primarily with you know our, our mother father whoever's there at the beginning we're we're in relationship and everything about our survival depends upon our relationship with someone uh, we don't make it if we don't have one and man it, and this actually goes uh, interestingly enough this goes even further back uh, not just humans but our our primate relatives you know depending on what you what you think about what science has to say about that we won't get into that today. Uh, but uh, our primate relatives, you know, uh, a study on uh, needs in primates. And, and if you yeah, kind of a, a pretty prominent study was looking at, you know, what are uh, what are primate uh, children, uh, the you know, the babies, what do they go for? And if you give them a situation where they can go to a, a soft and cuddly, um, uh, like fake uh, ape looking object, and a metal looking ape looking object that provides milk, they'll choose the soft comforting presence, right? Mm. It's like, oh man, there's something about us that that needs relational connection. And that is old, like older than old, right? Like that's very old. Yeah. Um, so we, that's what I think about it personally. That, that's a like a biological, psychological view on it. Like this is in us from the very beginning. This is a very old thing. And it's, it helps us adapt to life and, and all of the terrible things in life. It also can make life really terrible, but, <laughs> right. uh, so, but it's, it's a, it's a basic part of what it means to be a person, I think. Um, yeah. now I'm, I'm curious what, you know, kind of what spiritual perspective would have to say about relationship as well. I'm kind of speaking more to my side of it. There, I mean, there's all kinds, right? My, my mind it goes right to the beginning, you know, and God creates man, plays in the mud, creates man from the dust and goes on a little bit and says, well, it's not good for man to be alone. You know, like it seems like a simple statement and we have Adam and Eve, you know, in the garden and relationship with, with God and, and all the rest of humanity. Uh, but I think that statement speaks something to the heart of what God intended when he created and the, also the, the um, perception that creation was communal at, at its heart and God created everything to need everything else. You know, that the, the, all of creation worked in harmony together, relied on uh, the other for sustenance, for for continuation, and even the heart of God in the Trinity, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I believe, kind of speaks to this relational 
character of God and how he created in us, that there's this mutual emptying for the other. There's this mutual reliance upon the other between the Father, between the Son, and between the Holy Spirit. And when God created man and said, it's not good for man to be alone and created a woman, that at the heart of of that is just relational need, you know, not even necessarily uh, about male and female, but just at the core of who we are as humans, that I believe God created us deep in in the core of, and you kind of hinted at this, but deep at the core of who we are as people, we're created for for a need for other, you know, and we find the fullest version of ourselves within relationship. And I think we can see that just by the fruits of not being in relationship. We just spent two years, you know, through COVID experiencing a lot of that reality of disconnect and uh, of relationship or severing of of face-to-face in-person interaction with people. And we know it impacts us physically, you know, it impacts us mentally. When we're disconnected from the thing that we're created to need, we know, I think from a, you know, even just a scientific level, we know that it impacts the person in a negative way to be severed from relationship. So I think it stands to reason both physically and spiritually that we were at at the core of who we are, we were created to need other, to need the influence or impact of, of someone else upon our experience of life. Yeah. And I think if you follow the thread of that, you know, up, up until, you know, the, and, and you can see it in other places throughout scripture, I think, but with the advent of the incarnation of Jesus, right. That's also a, like an emphatic statement that um, the pathway to redemption is also a, like entering in, like in a, in, in relationship, right? Like a, it's not like a, an adoption of an idea or an ideal. It is an, in a relationship to a person, right? And I would agree with you, you know, when, when we cut ourselves off from connection with each other, like when, or when connection breaks down, like when there's neglect or abuse or, or even something like looking at how, um, how the use of social media affects us and, and cuts us off from like authentic engagement with another person, you can see how issues like increase. I mean, and there's like, there's definitely uh, some research evidence suggesting the, the impact on, uh, especially adolescents, um, but also just us as adults. I even just see it in my own personal life. Like I can, I can see the negative effects when I'm not uh, visually, bodily, mentally engaged with someone around me. Um, it, it doesn't matter if I'm listening and I'm on my phone doing something, right? Like th- there's a notable decrease for, for both people. And then if you sustain that out over a long period of time, you, you experience a deficit. And this is something I work with people a lot. Like I, I might have somebody come and see me uh, for like a, a surface problem, not a surface problem, but like the obvious problem, like I'm abusing alcohol or I'm addicted to pornography. That, that's a common one. And as we dig into it, what becomes glaringly clear is, oh man, I've had this long running deficit of connection with this person that is close to me. And, oh, that's interesting. So it's not just about this behavior that I'm doing that I need, that I want to change. It's about this, this need that I have that is just in deficit. And I don't know how to fix that. I have no idea how to break the barriers or get unstuck and become close with my spouse again, or how to become close with my child again, 
or how to break the barriers of tension between me and my friend. I don't, I don't know how to do it. Um, that, yeah, the, the, that's evidence um, that supports this idea that like, relationships are just vitally important. Yeah. And I think also that when we do experience restoration of relationships, that, you know, the, the opposite of that also speaks to its validity. You know, when I, when I'm restored and how, how much, what, how I feel that deep in my bones, when, when something that was broken that I was missing or was not present in my life, and then it's restored and the joy and fulfillment that I experience when I can walk back into relationship after having had it severed. It's almost like rec- you realize the thing that you needed all along that you, you maybe didn't recognize you needed in the midst of its brokenness, you know? And I, I think I see that a lot, like coming back to church now, the community gathering back together uh, post-COVID. When I see folks who enter in again after not seeing them for a long, long time, and they this talk about, oh man, I didn't realize how much I was missing being in person in the flesh, you know, being like you said, bodily present. And it's a sneaky thing too, because our, our world really is, has conditioned us to uh, have different versions of connection that we are kind of replacing bodily connection with Uh, as we become more and more of a digital and virtual world. We have these stand-ins for, and that's an interesting thing. I think we'll talk about that kind of down the road a little bit, a little bit more. But this bodily presence thing, how how it's different than a virtual interaction, and I think we experience a lot of that reality within our our current modern world. You know, this replacement yeah. of of in person, face to face connection. Yeah, and how that's different. I think that's also, as I reflect back, that's what made COVID also so difficult because here, not only is that present, the the availability of technology to separate, but also the bodily presence of someone else close to you now became very fraught, right? With risk. Like if, if I see your face, it might be dangerous to me or someone I love or someone I care about. Um, uh, I'm being encouraged to, and, and this isn't me critiquing one way or the other. This is just me evaluating what has that done to us, the fact that that has happened. And the, like not seeing faces, being distant and apart, not touching. Like clearly, uh, I think we, you know, I think uh, maybe it's just clear to me. I saw in my own experience and people that I worked with um, that that was so needed and because it wasn't there, it was it was difficult. I mean, one practical example is, uh, you know, uh, because of uh, Colorado uh, law, I was considered a um, what, what was the word like a, uh, a a needed service or something. I forget oh, yeah. what they were. And, yeah, yeah. And a, an approved worker. Um, it's, uh, essential. So, anyways, you were yeah, essential. essential <laughs> which I have all sorts of issues with with that. But, anyways, <laughs> so I was deemed essential by the state. So I I came into the office, and you know we we undertook our safety measures. But it was fascinating the amount of people that wanted to come in to see me, um, despite fear, legitimate fear about what could happen if we got together, but kind of doing the math and realizing like, I am so in deficit of in-person contact with anybody besides who I'm living with, which if who I'm living with is a disaster, then I like, I need this so bad to have some different type of connection. I had lots of people choose to come see me 
because uh, I was like their only, like their only in-person option to have a contact with another person, um, which which spoke a lot to me about how that time affected us. Hmm. And uh, that's just me resonating with you, what you're saying. When when we have the resumption of being able to yeah, be together. Like, oh, wow, I needed that. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's almost so nice like a breath smile of fresh air. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I, and it's, I, I think it's no wonder that we do. It's almost like an escalation of of dysfunction too, because of our current modern world, you know. And and I, we I deal with all of this, uh, or, or deal with this all the time in the church. Where we're just talking constantly about the need for rhythms and engagement and all of those things. And we ha- we live in a culture that just replaces, you know, face to face interaction with virtual interaction, and because that's the world we live in, and, and it's so easy to just. And and also too, our world is just uh, moving further away from one another. I, I was acutely aware of this when I, a couple years ago I went to Ukraine and took a trip there, and everything in Vatnyarka, the city we were in. Speaking of Ukraine, um, at the time there was no war there, but we everything in the city there was just within walking distance. So we'd we'd get up and go together and walk to the grocery and come back, walk back to the house and have food, and then we'd walk to church or walk to this ministry area. But everything that was needed was within walking distance, you know. And then I flew back to America. And we live in a world, if you think about it, where everything is not in walking distance. Everything is in a, like your life circle, your radius is like 50 miles, you know, of yeah. acceptable distance to to be, whether it's groceries or, you know, social activities or whatever, which, again, puts another layer of distance and a layer of disconnect from your ability to stay consistently connected with a circle of social relationship, you know? And so I think that even plays a part in just how we exist in relationship where we've moved from being a people probably even just 50 years ago where you were much more centralized in your relationships and how often you were, you were in face to face contact with people who needed you and you needed them to this expanding circle then where I have, I'm less in need and now even like with Amazon, I don't even have to go to the grocery store. Like I, most of the time I order my groceries and they show up at my door and, and it's just interesting. Yeah, Less in need and in greater need, right? Because that means increasingly fewer and fewer people could see that I'm in pain. Yeah. Oh right? gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the hiddenness of pain, right? Where fewer and fewer people will see it. Um, and, and then we can generate this idea that you know, other people aren't in pain. And so I, I probably shouldn't show mine because, uh, you know, that that would be off-putting or, you know, depressing or something. And and this, I think, why, you know, people like Brene Brown, uh, their work is like so attractive to people is because it's like, oh, somebody's speaking to this truth that like, wait a minute, uh, something that may have been obvious, which is uh, vulnerability, right? Like you, you can't help but uh, if you have to walk to the grocery store with other people for them to see you limping, right? Uh, you, you can't help but be vulnerable in some sense. Or, or people might be more likely to see it, but with having our lives so separated, you can, you can go so long of a time without being vulnerable with anyone. Yeah. So no one could possibly know you're hurting. Um, and, uh, and then you're not engaging in relationship in ways that are giving and receiving um, and getting what you need from people and being able to give to people. So and we lose the skill too. You know, we talk about that a lot with our, our leadership team here at the church, just wanting to provide opportunities for connection, 
but it's not just about providing opportunities for connection. It's we have to we have to reteach why connection matters and how to do it. You know, how? because we we're uh -huh. out of practice. I mean, if you think about it, it, it's how do you connect? And so it's not even just a question of why we need to connect. You know, it's it's how do we even do it? And that's why I'm excited about this conversation moving forward, Robbie, is to talk about you know why we need connection, to talk about how to move move through some of the the brokenness and disc uh, that that yeah. is the where we get stuck yeah the yeah. realities of of our disconnection whether it be you know in a parent child relationship and a significant other friendship thing whatever it is the outflow of our disconnection leads to some brokenness in different ways and so we want to talk about that like how to navigate those but we also want to talk about how how to be in relationship i think that's such a valuable thing to to talk about and, and so needed in my own life i know i need it too to relearn because i'm out of practice so often and all of us i think could probably identify with that just it, it becomes very scary to re-enter when i don't know how to be vulnerable or when all that i have in my experience is when i'm vulnerable i i'm hurt you know so yeah. like learning how to enter in and and experience relationships in ways that i need but that are healthy too, you know? Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, cause we're, they're, they're risky cause when they go bad, they're painful and can be like catastrophically painful. And when they're good, they can be redemptive and transformative and healing. And, and so, yeah, we, we aim to dig in and also give you some practical direction. Like I was thinking some of the topics that I want to make sure we cover are like, you know, what, when you're in relationship with somebody who's experienced uh, a traumatic past, what do you, you know, how do you do, what are some guidance and tips for that, right? Like how to approach it? How do I do some work on my, you know, like my, my past experiences and how they, you know, intrude on my present and mm. affect my relationships? You know, how, I, I, you know, how does, you know, how do mental health issues come into play in relationships and how do we approach them? So, I mean, it, it'll be a variety of targets we have. Um, so we're, we're hope that you'll engage with us and we'll, tr we'll make sure that our, you know, our, our, um, our topics of the podcast that we post are pretty clear on like what we're, what we're engaging with um, and, and just aiming to, to kind of draw from both of our, both of our backgrounds to really try to offer you as a listener, and also ourselves as we're trying to grow on this, like some, some really helpful directions to point ourselves so that we can improve our world, right? Like if our world is made up of relationships and they're all uh, empty or false or toxic and painful, um, that makes for a miserable world. Um, and then when we're miserable, uh, we tend to uh, live in ways that make other people miserable and make life kind of hellish. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're we're interested in trying to trying to participate in in the redemptive direction of connecting in relationship and and trying to figure out how to get unstuck and reconnected and 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 improve how we understand how to relate with people. Yeah, and we'd love to hear from you too, listener and viewer. You know, if there's something yeah. specifically going on in your relationships or questions that you might have or thoughts, struggles, um, whatever, we'd love to hear from you. You can uh, find us on all the socials and uh, you can leave a, a chat message on our podcast stuff. Um, just find ways to connect us. You can also email us at staringintothesunpodcast at gmail.com. And we'd right. love to just hear from you how to engage with things that matter to you in your relationships. Because uh, at the end of the day, that's what we're hoping to do is provide you as a listener and viewer with something that can help you. 
um, you know, experience relationships better, uh, specifically in yeah. the next few months. Yeah, with a specific view around uh, re- understanding that we are, we are, you know, we have a body, we have a mind, and we have a spirit. So we, we want to engage with matters of faith and spirituality as well as psychology um, to bring that to bear. So look forward to having you join us as we do that. And uh, we'll, we'll on, on social, you know, uh, give you some guidance as to what topics we're, we're hitting up next. And uh, you definitely got to come back to see what kind of shirt John wears next week. <laughs> oh, Walmart, baby. They had a sale. Uh, I only what, buy shirts on what, sale. That's why the shirt this? is so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I also I also have one that's like all these scripts of like Kapow and Kaboom. I, I bought both of these shirts and I Bad came man. home and Heather said, yeah. Are you gonna wear that? Like, <laughs> I said. Well, yep. since you said that, then you know it's it. happening. <laughs> well, oh, I was gosh. made aware that. So I, I got this from. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a uh, Golden Bell, Colorado. It's a, it's a nice little jacket that I got from there. It's a, it's a camp that I go to through my church, and I saw it as a jacket, so oh. I wore it like multiple days a week, and gotcha. my. Uh, people in my life were like, "Hey, you can wear you that know sweater that's more for like five days in a row." <laughs> <laughs> and I was mortified. I was like, "Oh no! What if other people were like, this guy's wearing the same shirt over and over?" It's like you turned I into promise, like seventy-year-old uh, you know, Rob all of a sudden. Like, <laughs> admittedly, I wasn't mortified because I really don't care. You're <laughs> so, right. I mean, like, hey, I'm wearing this shirt today. Like. <laughs> Uh, I don't even know what it's about. There's just roses and uh, and French language well, and and road signs know. here. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. There you go. Wow. God bless impressive. it, man. So so tune in next time. It, it'll be in. Uh, I think our plan is every two. Weeks. We could do that so, thing. Like, what shirt will they wear today? Oh, man. <laughs> well, you can expect mine to be pretty similar. Probably uh, that uh, jacket, knows, right? Like you know, or a polo or a button up or something. But you can expect John to just shock us with something. Well, so. I don't know if I want to build it up too much, but I will <laughs> no. have a sh- I will have a shirt on. I guarantee. Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God. Well, <laughs> all right. Thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, we uh, encourage you to again subscribe and uh, uh, hit the like button. Um, notification bell on YouTube, share it with other people when you hear stuff that you love and interact with us. And uh, we look forward to next time having you join us as we continue staring into the sun. Grace and peace, everybody. The way we find ourselves is by staring into the sun.